Welcome to the Game Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Vicini. We are presented by The Athletic. Today on the show, Adam Spinella is in the building. Spins has done a fantastic job here of creating a very fun, interactive experience for our listeners where Adam and I are going to go back and forth doing a 2024 expansion draft. Eventually, the league is going to expand in some way, shape, or form. I think I feel pretty confident saying that we don't necessarily know under what, you know, what the teams will be. We have a good idea. It feels like what the circumstances of it'll be the timeline, anything like that. But we wanted to do a fun hypothetical episode, given that it's the off season, middle of August, there's not much going on after Jim Harden now is no longer even being eligible to be traded by the Sixers. It feels like we are, just going to have fun with this. We're going to have a good time. And Adam has done all of the legwork in creating an absolutely beautiful spreadsheet for us to work off of. Adam, what's going on, man? Hey, Sam. Uh, it is great to be here this evening. I have transformed. I'm in war room Adam mode now. So uh, we've got the, we've got the suit on going no tie because, you know, this is uh, this is West Coast drafting that I'm, I'm doing here tonight. So no tie on my end. But uh, this is going to be super fun. And it's, you know, it, it's a not just a fun theoretical to do. But for me, Sam, it's actually a project that's been years in the making. I actually wrote my grad school uh, dissertation on NBA expansion and uh, the the business aspect behind it, what it will look like when it happens. So this is something that's been near and dear to my heart for a long period of time. And to actually like play, play general manager tonight and pick teams, going to be super fun. Okay. So we just need to dive into this because I feel yeah. like there's a lot of setup here in addition to a lot of this. And I want to shout out Alex Spears and the down to dunk guys at the top here. They did this like what a week ago or so. Yeah. And we kind of set this up uh, a week ago uh, that we had the plan to do this. And then I think I saw that Simmons did one and I've seen like a couple other people I feel like have done one. Um, I cannot, I haven't listened to any of those other than I listened to like the first part of Alex's. Um, It seemed like they did like a really good job of like setting the ground rules and everything. Adam has gone like above and beyond here. Uh, in terms of setting the ground rules. So with all of that said, the ground rules will begin now. We've created two teams. The Seattle Supersonics, obvious. I can't imagine that the NBA comes back without going to Seattle, given how much uh, that community continues to grow in terms of basketball love and never really left, to be honest. The second is the Las Vegas team. I tried to fight Adam for the Las Vegas deuces, uh, not only for poop humor, but also because the WNBA team is the Aces. And I thought it'd be funny, Aces and Deuces. But he went with the flush. And I think that's probably a, a better uh, a better choice here. I would imagine there, that there will be no card uh, puns based off of when this team actually comes in. But right. Adam, I appreciate the going above and beyond. Yeah, we were we were looking for the dad joke with uh, something to do with slam dunks and the flush, and it, it made sense to me at the time. So uh, glad glad we're here in Las Vegas and, and bringing a franchise to this wonderful city. And we back brings up a good point. If yeah. King James owns the Vegas team, we call that a royal flush. The Las Vegas royal flush is yes. uh, pretty funny. The Las Vegas royals would be pretty funny. Yeah, um, yeah. We, we will we will see what they end up deciding to do. 
Okay. The next piece of this are the rules. And as you can see here, Adam has built out an incredible spreadsheet of what we're going to do here. But we're going to start <clears throat> with the rules. And I want to let you go, Adam, here, because you have created all of these ground rules based off of what happened the last time there was an expansion draft in the NBA. Right. And I want to shout out Al again for all the great work that he did on the down to dunk pond and kind of setting this up a little bit. But if we're going to do this right, we've got to hop into our time machine and move forward a few months because the timing is really important for kind of setting up which players are going to be available, which is the entire point of the exercise, right? Evaluating players, trying to figure out who we would want and try to include in a franchise that we are starting from scratch. The way this always works is it happens between the end of the season and before the draft. So we have to transport ourselves to June 21st of next year. We are going to have two expansion teams that are coming in here. And at this point in time, it's really important to, to do this before free agency begins because we want to have as expansion teams, the ability to sign new players and not just take them on the current contracts that they exist upon. And it's really important to protect those teams that are currently in the NBA from just getting all of their good players on current contracts poached to have some recourse to make up for that through free agency. So the timing of this exercise is important. And as a result, we are going to be looking at players and teams for what their roster is anticipated today to look like in June of, the, of this coming year. So a lot can and will change via trade, via some guys getting cut before camp starts. But at this point in time, this is the best kind of approximation of what those rosters will look like. And to be clear on that front, teams would undeniably like make trades ahead of the expansion yeah. draft in order to account for all of these rules. So this is not exactly what it would look like, but it's a hypothetical mock exercise. So we're going to have fun with it anyway. It's the closest we can get to it. And, and there are salary cap rules and restrictions for teams that, that come into the league to prevent us from just poaching every free agent and having, you know, $130 million to play with in the coming summer. We have to ramp ourselves up to that. So Sam and I are going to be drafting with a salary cap allotment that is right around $90 million uh, as our max to be able to add both through this exercise and through free agency. But the players and the way that they are going to be eligible is, is really important to try to, to figure out through all of this. So first off, all 2024 first round picks are obviously not taken yet, and we can't poach those picks or selections from other teams. Uh, every NBA team protects eight that are currently on their roster or that are going to be restricted free agents. And that's a really key piece to this is being able to, to protect guys to retain their uh, their bird rights and their restricted free agent designation. So, and that is the way that the last one worked as well. Yes. Eight players. Yep, eight players is what this was. Two thousand four, I believe, with the Charlotte Bobcats when they were coming into existence. So it's been about twenty years now. But protect eight players on your roster. Everybody else who is either under contract or a restricted free agent is therefore in this potential selection pool for the expansion teams to choose from. The exception to that are players who have a player option. And the reason behind not including them in the pool is that 
it's, it's really out of fairness to those players to decide whether they want to become free agents or exercise this option to return is going to depend drastically on what team they play for and the circumstances of the roster that they would find themselves in. So did that happened last time, Adam. I believe it did. Um, and it serves a really important purpose to have it that way, because what, what good would it be for us, Sam, to take a player with this thinking he's going to have the contract and then he just opts out and becomes a free agent afterwards. So my theory on all, all of how this would work and this goes toward what I'm going to say at the end here, and this goes probably more toward the NHL expansion drafts that we've seen in recent years uh, since the most recent NBA expansion draft. The player options, most of the time, the players that are made available in these kind of drafts, the league allows the expansion team to talk to them ahead of time and understand what their plan is moving forward. And my guess is that agencies won't want to like fuck these teams. Right. In terms of that. Given that it happened last time, I think we just leave it like a hundred percent. Like it's just totally good. I will say I like there, there are potential benefits to players here. Like you say you are a guy that is a player option and you're Gary Trent this past off season. Right. Mm -hmm. And you have player option for 18 million. Maybe this new organization is a little bit more willing to give you an extension than a team like say the Toronto Raptors is right. So I wonder if they would change that for this time with an idea of you could protect players with a player option if you want to, or you could not protect them if you don't want to. Um, But yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they'd handle that. Regardless, we are not including them here. Correct. And the interesting part of restricted free agents, guys who are actually not signed to a contract, but are eligible to be selected in the expansion draft is that those players become unrestricted free agents. If we were to to take them, but we retain their bird rights in the process. So essentially all that we are doing is acquiring their bird rights to be able to sometime this summer, sign them above the cap if we need to. Well, also the the way that I want to handle those guys in this thing is that we have to come to an agreed upon contract before taking them. If you're going to take a restricted free agent, you have to come to a number that makes sense, basically. Okay. Okay. Last minute curveball from Mr. Vicini. We can adjust in our war room. I'll get on the phone in moments and prepare our salary cap gurus. But because I, it, again, I, I think the way yeah. it would work is that they would have access to these players and these agents, and they would not take the restricted free agent unless they came to an agreement on the money ahead of time right. or right. came to an agreement with the team saying, if you take this guy, we will give you this pick or something like that. We will give you this player. Sure. There is going to be room for, I don't want to call it backroom negotiation necessarily, but that's kind of what it is, is, is to try to circumvent that process to make sure that no player or team ends up getting the short end of the stick through this expansion draft. Yep. Okay. Uh, next up. 
Yeah, I think that the last couple things here we can really breeze through. Like, you know, every team had to designate at least one player for the expansion draft. So even if they didn't have eight under contract, you could only uh, you have to include one guy up here. We're only going to go 12 picks deep on each side. Uh, but why that is important is once one team, let's say the Oklahoma City Thunder, for example, get a player poached from their roster, then they will no longer have anyone else eligible in this expansion draft pool. So if Sam, yeah. who has the first pick, takes a member of the Thunder, he can get no future players from the Thunder in this, and I cannot draft anybody from the Thunder. Each NBA team loses a maximum of one player through the expansion draft. And the way that we will track that is I will strike through all of the players upon their losing eligibility to be selected in this thing. So anybody following along on the spreadsheet or or here on YouTube will be able to see exactly which teams are and are not. And then if you go to the draft results tab, I will be updating that where you can not only see which players are on each roster, but also how much cap space figures to be remaining based on the contracts that have been absorbed. Yep. And that's where we're at on this. Okay. Any other rules here that we need to dive into? I do not think so. I think we're in a pretty clear spot. The last thing I want to note and that I told Adam about before we started here, again, the way that this has worked in the NHL recently is that Teams have essentially convinced other teams to take certain take to convince the expansion teams to take certain players, right? So in the case of the New York Knicks, right? If the New York Knicks, like the New York Knicks have a team option on Yvonne Fournier, let's say he was like completely locked into that deal, right? Or Ben Simmons. Let's say Ben Simmons. He's actually probably the best example on the board here. Sure. Ben Simmons, if the Nets want to be players in free agency for whatever reason, they could try and convince the Flush or the Sonics to take Ben Simmons by saying that we will give you X number of picks to do this. So for $40 million, we will give you Ben Simmons and we will give you two additional first round picks or something like that to take Ben Simmons. And the way that we will negotiate that is we'll essentially make it like a trade negotiation where I will ask Adam or Adam will ask me, okay, I need you to step into the shoes of being the Brooklyn Nets GM for a minute. If I was to, what would you need for me to, what would you need to give up or what would I need back to take Ben Simmons here essentially is our plan. Yep. That'll be, that'll be fun. And, and as we've already gone through this process, if, if you are following along on the spreadsheet and you hover over the team names, you'll see which players have been protected. And that was something Sam and I went over off air and kind of, tried to, to organize yeah. as, as, as best we can. I, I think we struck a balance between most teams wanting to protect not only their best players, but uh, a combination of you know giving younger guys another year or so to continue to develop and knowing based on their competitive situations, 
which teams would want to operate kind of over the cap or not lose certain contracts. Like it's very easy to sit here and say, you know, should Minnesota put Rudy Gobert's big giant contract on this? Well, no, because if they end up losing that, they lose a a huge chunk of ability to kind of replace that with similar value because of how far over the cap they're already operating. So there are a number of examples that Sam and I already worked through. I'm sure there will be disagreements that some viewers or listeners have over who should or should not have been protected in different regards. But uh, this is kind of where we ended up going. A very good question from AC here in the YouTube comments. You're missing Gary Payton the second. Uh, for the Warriors, that would mean somebody else should be eligible, right? Yeah, let me double check that real quickly here. Because he has a player option. So they would have to well, we him, right? Well, we had said we're not including uh, player options. Because they're treated, oh, they're, they're treated, treated like, like unrestricted free like, agents. Okay, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Player okay. options cool. are treated like unrestricted free agents, so therefore we did not include them. That could change or not be the case when we see expansion actually yeah. happen. For the sake of the exercise, if he has a player option, he was not included. Okay. I am up first here. You are. And I'm going to ask you to put on the Brooklyn Nets hat, general manager. <laughs> what? How enticed are you to get off of Ben Simmons here if you are Brooklyn for $40 million? All right. I've got to go to the cap sheets here then. So 24-25, he's listed at $40.3 million. You'd and... be at 76 essentially, in your active cap uh, that you have for next year. So you open up potentially you're closing in on two max cap spots. You could very easily open two max cap spots. Hmm. I'm pretty enticed. Uh, that, that means a lot to me because I like the depth pieces I already have if I'm Sean Marks. And I think I've, I've got enough there where if I can acquire stars via free agency, I'd be really happy with doing that. What does the free agent market look like here during the summer of 2024 though, Sam? The summer of 2024 free agency market, not loaded. Siakam is currently a potential option. Clay Thompson, Jim Harden, Gordon Hayward, Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, Mike Conley, D'Angelo Russell, Markel Fultz. I'm trying to like see some of the other more interesting guys. Tobias Harris. Uh, Middleton has a player option. Uh, let's see here. Tyus Jones will hit free agency. I'm looking for the restricted guys now. Pat Williams will hit free agency. Uh, Okoro, Okongwu, the whole 2020 class basically uh, will be restricted. Any of those guys kind of ring a bell for you? So I hear a but lot also, of, I hear a lot of older could, veterans, right? Yeah, but you could also use the space to trade in a guy. You, you, we, we could, but would we need that draft capital in order to accomplish that trade? The Possibly. ones that we would be be using in a Ben Simmons deal. So I don't think I would give up more than a 
top 10 protected first and maybe be convinced to sprinkle in a couple of seconds. Okay. Then I will pass on that. Okay. I will pass on Ben. Uh, should Before we really get into this, should we read off who you've kept for each team? Um, we can probably like, the yeah. podcast is an audio medium. <laughs> I can <laughs> probably zoom are. through this pretty quick. All right. Go uh, for it. The Celtics kept Tatum, Jalen, Porzingis, Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon, Al Horford, Rob Williams, Jordan Walsh. The Nets kept Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, Spencer Dinwiddie, Noah Clowney, Dariq Whitehead, Dayron Sharp, Cam Thomas, Jalen Wilson. The Knicks kept Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson, R.J. Barrett, M- Mitchell Robinson, Dante DiVincenzo, Quentin Grimes, Emmanuel Quickly, Josh Hart. The 76ers kept Ajolas Tabellis. Or, uh, no, the 76ers kept Embiid, P.J. Tucker, Tyrese Maxey, uh, Paul Reed, Jaden Springer, Petrashev, Turquavion Smith, Ricky Council. The Raptors kept Jakob Pertle, Scotty Barnes, Chris Boucher, Dennis Schroeder, Grady Dick, Jalen McDaniels, Christian Coloco, Precious Achua. The Wizards kept Kyle Kuzma, Jordan Poole, Daniel Gafford, Bilal Koulibaly, Denny Avdia, Corey Kispert, Johnny Davis, Ryan Rollins. The Magic kept Paulo, Franz, Wendell Carter, Jalen Suggs, Anthony Black, Cole Anthony, Jet Howard, Caleb Houston. The Heat kept uh, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, Jaime Hawkes, N- Nikola uh, Jovic, Haywood Highsmith, Orlando Robinson, Drew Smith. The Hornets kept LaMelo Ball, Brandon Miller, Terry Rozier, Mark Williams, Nick Richards, Cody Martin, Nick Smith, JT Thor, the Hawks, Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, DeAndre Hunter, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Nyeka Kongwu, Sadiq Bey, AJ Griffin, Kobe Bufkin, the Bulls, Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic, Kobe White, Pat Williams, Alex Caruso, Ayodesumu, Javon Carter, Dalen Terry, the Cavs, Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, Max Struess, George Niang, Isaac Okoro, the Pistons, Cade Cunningham, Boyan Bogdanovich, Asar Thompson, Jaden Ivey, Jalen Duran, Isaiah Stewart, Marcus Sasser, Isaiah Livers, the Pacers, Tyrese Halliburton, Bruce Brown, Miles Turner, Ben Matherin, Jarris Walker, Andrew Nemard, Ben Shepard, Isaiah Jackson, the Bucks, Giannis, Middleton, Lopez, Portis, Connaughton, Beauchamp, Andre Jackson, AJ Green, the Spurs, Vic, Keldon Johnson, Vassell, Sohan, Trey Jones, Branham, Blake Wesley, CD Sissoko, the Pelicans, Zion, Ingram, McCollum, Herb Jones, Trey Murphy, Dyson Daniels, Jordan Hawkins, Larry Nance, the Grizzlies, Ja, Jaron, Smart, Bain, Adams, Aldama, Zaire, Roddy. The Rockets, Jalen Green, Shangun, Van Vliet, Dylan Brooks, Amon Thompson, Jabari, Tari Eason, Cam Whitmore. The Mavericks, Luka Doncic, Kyrie, Grant Williams, Maxi Kleba, Lively Prosper, Jaden Hardy, Josh Green, the Nuggets, Jokic, Murray, Gordon, Porter, Brown, then Julian Strother, Peyton Watson, and Jalen Pickett. The Timberwolves kept Anthony Edwards, Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, 
Nas Reed, Jaden McDaniels, Josh Minot, Leonard Miller, Troy Brown Jr. The Thunder kept Shea, Chet, Dort, Giddy, J-Dub, Kaysen Wallace, Usman Jang, Jalen Williams. The Blazers kept Damian Lillard, Jeremy Grant, Anthony Simon, Scoot, Shaden, Chris Murray, Yusuf Nurkic, who there is no way they would keep Yusuf Nurkic. We're going to switch Yusuf Nurkic with Nasir Little, Adam, uh, and make Yusuf okay. Nurkic available. Okay. Uh, and then Matisse Thibel. Uh, the Jazz, Lowry Markinen, John Collins, Keontae George, Walker Kessler, Taylor Hendricks, Oshag Baji, Bryce Sensabaugh, Jordan Clarkson, the Kings, Fox Sabonis, Barnes, Herter, Keegan Murray, Sasha Vizankov, Davion Mitchell, Chris Duarte, the Suns, Durant Booker, Beal, Ayton, Jordan Goodwin, Tamani Kamara, Ish Wright, Saban Lee. The Lakers keep A.D., Reeves, Rui, Gabe Vincent, Jalen Huchfino, Max Christie, Max Lewis, Colin Castleton. The Clippers keep uh, Norm Powell, Zubats, Terrence Mann, Kobe Brown, Bones Highland, Amir Coffey, B.J. Boston, and Jason Preston. Finally, the Warriors keep Steph, Dre, Chris Paul, Wiggins, Kevon Looney, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, Brandon Pajemski. Okay. Oof, Sam. Got through that pretty quick, actually. There you go. There you go. Okay. We're talking about players securing the bag when they get drafted in June. I need to tell you about securing your internet connection with NordVPN. What is a VPN? It's a virtual private network. A VPN reroutes your traffic through a remote server, encrypting it in the process. This is going to hide your location from your ISP, hackers, and from other people looking to get your data. Everybody knows that I watch as many movies as I can. I think I've probably watched like 40 or 50 this year already. Some movies are blocked in Australia. It's really hard for me to watch them. Uh, For instance, uh, anybody who's tried to get their hands on Godzilla minus one recently knows that it's basically only available in Japan and you need a VPN if you want to go to like Amazon prime or something to be able to watch it. So when I'm blocked from watching a movie in Australia, I just queue up my VPN. I change my location and it unlocks a category of movies from all of my favorite streaming services. As somebody who's always on the go, connecting to public Wi-Fi is a necessity, but it's also just a goldmine for hackers. That's where Nord comes in, creating a secure tunnel for my data to travel through away from prying guys. There are other benefits to Nord as well. Your browsing history is yours and yours alone. Your virtual location is masked from those who seek to track your every move. It's like having a force field around your online identity. Nord VPN also goes the extra mile with threat protection. Malware, trackers, dodgy ads, they're all going to get blocked. It's like having a shot blocking big around your devices 24-7. Game Theory is offering an exclusive deal for NordVPN. You're going to get four extra months and up to 75% off subscriptions. Just head to nordvpn.com slash game theory, G-A-M-E-T-H-E-O-R-Y, to claim your account. Plus, with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, you've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Go to nordvpn.com slash game theory 
to claim your account. NordVPN.com slash Game Theory. Guys, I can't emphasize enough uh, how much I use Nord every day of my life. Uh, Nord is a fantastic sponsor for us. So go support Nord. And it's a great product. So NordVPN.com slash Game Theory. How much uh, for the Blazers? Put on your Blazers GM hat. What about Nurkic? Yeah, two years there. I would probably go with, and he is how old at this point? He'll probably be 30 at this point. Um, I would probably do some sort of a protected first that would go in the later part of things and two seconds. Okay. So Portland, the Portland Trailblazers are going to have probably a few picks coming up. That's an interesting one for me to try and pick up a potential first for 18 mil. They have that pick out to Chicago at some point though. Yeah. Over the course of the next five years. And and I would think somewhere in the like 16 to 25 range is where I'd be aiming to try to get this to convey and protect it elsewhere. Okay. So you are willing to do a first for Nurkic. Okay. And, if it and then if it doesn't convey two seconds, the last one would be Tim Hardaway uh, for Dallas. How much do you think Dallas wants to get off of Tim Hardaway? All right. Let me bring up his sheet and their books here for a moment because you're asking all the right questions here sam uh 31 about to be 32 years old one year 16 million dollar expiring contract it looks like we've got a lot of money on the books for 24 25 already but what does an extra 16 do does it clear us of the tax it looks like we are about $9 million away from it right now with only one key free agent in Josh Green, which is... So that gonna, would push you over. That would push us over. So I would probably offer a similar type of deal to the Nurkic side of things. Um, probably top, top 16, top 17 protected. Okay. If, if it doesn't convey, two seconds. Okay, could we do – so they owe the Knicks their pick this year. Let's assume that that sure. pick conveys because they'll probably make – it's just top 10 protected. It's yeah. not lottery protected like or Agreed. anything. I can't see them finishing in the top 10 this year again. Let's say it conveys. So this would be a 2026 because yep. you have to extend out one year yep. pick. Dallas already has given up a 2029 pick. I actually don't know if they would do anything here. Yeah, um, I don't know either. Yeah, now that now you're saying that, they kind of need the flexibility in that regard. I'd, so I'd, I'd offer two seconds to take Tim Hardaway. Okay. And then is there any other big contract here? I don't think the Hawks would pay to get off of yeah. Clint. 
There's a Colin Sexton contract that was unprotected in Utah. Yeah. But I don't think they need to pay to get off of him by any means. I don't think so either. And those are the the big contracts. There are a lot of mid-range ones in the 10 to 15 mark. But those are really the only ones that come above that 15 mark. I know Kevin Porter Jr. is an interesting one, but it's got so many different team outs and options that it's not one Houston needs to be dire to get rid of. Yep. Okay. So you said you would do I don't think I don't even think Portland would be willing to do a pick to get off of Nurkic because they have that weird Maybe they would because they're you're, they're going to get picks to get off of yeah. Lillard at some point. Can and we assume that they've weird. moved Lillard? It's, it's tough because he's protected in this exercise, but for the sake of decision-making in, in June of next year, yeah, like, sh- right. sure. It's, yeah, no, it's we, can't, we can't do that. Yeah. Okay. So it's actually hard to get extra picks, it feels like, even. It is. It is. With something like this. This Simmons is, might be the way. I think Simmons might be the only way for me to do it. You might be right. What about Bagley for Detroit? I wouldn't. Yeah, I'm not I'm not giving anybody a pick to get off of a one year deal from Detroit. Okay. And you don't think Nurkic will give up a pick? You you don't think they'll give up a first for Nurkic either? I think it would be a real protected one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. In that case, maybe I will think about that more. In that case, I will go. I will go ahead and just make a selection. Ooh, here we're on the clock. Do, 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 do. I'm going to take. Jalen Johnson from the Atlanta Hawks. Damn it. Number one. All right. Then you're going to type in. Yes, I will get that for you here. Jalen Johnson. What do you like about Jalen? Yeah. uh, 6'8", has shown real defensive versatility already uh, with the Atlanta Hawks. I think he's been a really, really impressive rotation player when I've seen him in. Guy that was a five-star recruit, I think has some real potential upside uh, as a creator, especially in transition. And it, it's hard to find any sort of real tangible upside, in my opinion, uh, as you look across the space here, basically. It, it's very, very hard, I think, to find any sort of players that I buy into being like starter caliber players uh, across the league that have real uh, wing size, big wing size. So I'm going Jalen Johnson at one. I like it. He was among the top players on my board and may or may not have gone first for me. You'll never know. Okay. I love it. You are up, Adam. Do you have any any negotiations that you need? I am up and, you know, I'm not going to go down the negotiation stage just yet. I'm going to save that for a little yeah. bit longer because while I agree with your approach of maximizing assets and wanting to get future draft picks. I think I'm going to use this as an opportunity to just continually add young players to this core that we're going to build. 
Well, I'm interested in seeing a little bit longer that I'll have times in 24, 25, 26 to get future young players, but I need to make up the last couple of drafts to have really the type of of group that I'm looking for. And I have a, a very strong theory about what wins in today's NBA. It's culture. It's high IQ basketball players. And it's having a lot of these positive defenders who can guard multiple positions and be bigger wings. I'm also looking at the format of the expansion draft and saying that if I take one player from, let's just say the Oklahoma city thunder, that also means that I am blocking Sam from doing so, but that there's a real scarcity when I see a team that has a lot of these good young players, even though Sam and I may disagree on who the best one is, that it is, incumbent upon me to beat him to that space to try yep. to to go towards the Oklahoma City Thunder and take who I believe to be their best kind of younger role player who's going to suit us really well. So I am going to go with the reclamation project of reclamation projects that I've been looking for. I'm going to take Usman Garuba, my first pick. Okay. Interesting. He was pretty I wouldn't say low on my board for the Thunder, but I mean like I, I had so part of this I'm considering with the Thunder is, and I can no longer take a Thunder player, so I'll kind of give right. away what the game is for me. Sure. Um, I'm also thinking of these guys as like trade assets in some way, right? And yeah. I just do not believe that Garuba will ever really have that kind of high-level trade value league-wide sure. that I'm looking for. Like I, If I was going to look at somebody on the Thunder, I probably would have taken one of Trey Mann or – Aaron Wiggins. Interesting. And I actually don't think they're the team that I was most interested in trying to block you from taking someone from. I think that team is actually going to be the next team I select from. And I, I have a guess for who that is, but I'll, I'll just share this with Oklahoma City. I, I considered really three players here. Uh, I considered Garuba. I considered uh, Aaron Wiggins. And I considered Isaiah Joe because I, I think yep. that good role players who can come in and, and kind of spot you minutes are, are really there quite well. What I'm also looking for with Garuba, he's got one year left on his contract. Uh, I don't think that he's going to price himself out of being able to be retained here on a, a more team-friendly contract, even if he gets significant minutes this year. But he was a guy I was super, super high on early in the draft process for him back in 2021. I just believe he hasn't found the right system uh, for him yet. And based on the way we want to construct a roster here and play basketball, I think Usman's going to fit for us. Okay, I like it. Next up, I am going to go to the Grizzlies. Uh, yeah. They're yeah. the team that's most interesting to me here. Saw this coming. It would pretty easily be Brandon Clark, but I don't think Brandon Clark would be available if he wasn't coming off of the Achilles injury. I am instead going to take a guy that I just generally have liked throughout the process here for a long time. Uh, I'm going to take Jake LaRavia as a player that I think has real upside as a big wing shooter who can impact the game as a winner, as like a role player across a lot of different positions uh, across the three and the four realistically. Uh, And I think is just kind of waiting for a chance to play like it's I wouldn't be surprised if he beat out David Roddy for playing time this year I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in their rotation I did 
kind of wonder if they would keep him over Zaire or if they would keep Zaire Williams or him. I wasn't totally sure. Uh, but given that you have left LaRavia available, I have decided to go with LaRavia. I think that it's the easiest, uh, easiest choice. Sure. And look, Memphis is going to be in a really difficult situation if this is what comes to them next year, because, you know, Zaire Williams, David Roddy, Brandon Clark, Jake LaRavia, and even to some extent, like John Conchar has, has been really interesting for them. There are a lot of role players and young players that the Grizzlies are going to have to make a decision about. Uh, you know, it, you're, we could be grasping at straws and, and really disagreeing with who those final two selections are, but uh, we got to kind of decide on somebody. And LaRavia is one that didn't make the cut, played the fewest minutes out of uh, him and David Roddy as a rookie. Yep. I love it. Okay. Uh, you are up. Uh, all right. Back to Las Vegas here as we are assembling our flush roster, pun intended. And I keep thinking about what wins in modern basketball and having a lot of really good wings as being kind of part of that that formula. And I'm going to take another guy who I'm a little bit interested in here, um, not as a wing, but just as a, a tradable contract to go down that road, while also somebody who I think can put up numbers and stabilize us in year one and just help us get off on the right foot. I'm going to go with Kevin Porter Jr. out of Houston. I think that contract is too nice to turn up in some regard. So I didn't want Porter. I'm sure. I wanted Jay Sean Tate for reasons that we'll talk about momentarily. Um, I was going to try to cultivate a trade of some sort with a third team involving Jay Sean Tate. Interesting. The idea of flipping Tate into something into like a late first rounder, like Boston would do something like, I bet, you know, uh, I would think that there, I think there are probably teams out there that would flip Jay Sean Tate for a first rounder as like a real rotation player that probably projects well to playing in the playoffs at a high level. Whereas I don't think you could get a first for Kevin Porter Jr. right now. I don't think I can right now, but I think with the ball in his hands as kind of the number one option in our first year of a franchise, we're going to be able to to, to do that, yeah. to turn him into a, a positive asset, uh, to put the ball in his hands. There's a part of this that's putting butts in seats too, Sam, and getting things out uh, for the right the right mold for our franchise here. And uh, again, I see that contract with the multiple outs that we can have as a team the potential tradability of that for other teams that would acquire him. And I think this checks too many boxes for me to pass up on much longer. He will do that. I think that is definitely true. In that vein, I think there is just like a better player available. Like I would just rather have this guy uh, that I think I'm going to take. Yeah, I think I think Jay Sean Tate was the most interesting like veteran trade option, like trying to incorporate a third team. Okay. So now, because like if you're if you're Phoenix, like you definitely try and get Jay Sean Tate. I think. 
Sure. Like there are just like a number of different teams out there that'd be willing to do that. Huh. Okay, now I'm a little bit thrown. I did not think you would take Kevin Porter. Yeah. That's kind of annoying. Sorry about that. Not really though. Yeah. He's <laughs> he's young, he scores. There's there's legit upside there. No, there is. You're hundred percent right. Okay. I am just gonna take Colin Sexton, I think. Uh I, I like I think he's just like the better uh the better asset of the two. He's just a much more efficient player. He doesn't turn the ball over nearly as much. He's a better shooter. I get that he's smaller and like a little bit more of a defensive liability, but I, I just like, I trust Colin Sexton a little bit more than I trust Kevin Porter jr. Um, I know that the numbers look fine for Kevin, but I think that watching him play, like it's just, it's a different, I just don't feel that way. Um, sure. yeah. And yeah, Brian K is saying there's no way they protect Dylan Brooks over Kevin Porter. I can, I feel quite confident they would protect Dylan Brooks over Kevin Porter. Uh, maybe that would change after this season, but if they were making decisions right now, yeah. I think it's pretty clear they would protect Dylan Brooks over Kevin Porter. Yeah. Um, and you can make the point that Kevin Porter is not a point guard. I get that. Like, I think that that's absolutely true. Uh, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't help anybody, but like he would be a point guard in Adam's scheme and he probably would have been a point guard in my scheme. Yep. And I don't want Kevin Porter as a point guard. Um, I think he's a great sixth man, but when I watch him, like he's just dominating the ball out there in such a real substantial way. And it's not, not what I kind of want. And look, you could say the same about Colin Sexton, but I think Sexton plays a little bit better with teammates uh, on the sure. offensive end. I think he's a little bit more decisive. I don't think he like, he doesn't like dance as much on the perimeter. It's pretty straight line. It's shooting. Mm -hmm. It's everything like that. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that I, I feel pretty good about the fact that they would, they would keep Brooks over Porter yeah. and I feel good about taking Sexton essentially over Porter here as well. And I think Sexton would probably be like a somewhat interesting trade chip for a team that might need some, tr need some scoring at the deadline. So I'm going to go Sexton here. I feel pretty good about it. Sexton last year uh, shot 50, 39, 82 from the field, uh, 14 points, two rebounds, three assists. Uh, you look at his season in 2021 with Cleveland before he got hurt, uh, was very effective. He played 60 games, had 24 points per game, uh, had a true shooting percentage that was league average and, uh, gets to the foul line a ton, absolutely lives at the foul line. This is a guy that I think makes a little bit more sense for me personally. I totally respect that for you. Uh, I was yeah. coming down to kind of those two, no doubt about it. And I think Kellen Johnson brings up a good point here. The same ownership group that gave Kevin Porter a contract they can easily get out of and then guaranteed Dylan Brooks 90 million shows which one they value more. I, I think there's like no question that they would uh, – value Dylan Brooks more than yeah. Kevin Porter just based off of that alone. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Okay. Adam, you are up. 
Yeah, third pick for me, and I am going to continue to go with uh, a roster construction that I think helps wins in the modern NBA. I want a lot of wings. I want a lot of guys on cheap team rookie-controlled contracts and younger players who I want to see what they can become. So I'm going to take a flyer on a guy who I quite liked during his his pre-draft process, and uh, I – I think I, I really like what he's kind of turned into uh, thus far. I'm going to go Julian Champagny from the San Antonio Spurs. Oh, wow. That's – I like that Champagny. Was not, that was not on my board. I really? He had a yeah. great summer league this year. So did so did Dom Barlow. Dom would have so been – So did Dom Barlow. The one that I liked there. Um, interesting. So explain more about Julian Champagny. So he's – He's a real penny. He's not just a sham penny, but yeah. he's an unbelievable kind of two-way flyer for me at this point. I think I like the way he guards and the length that he has. He definitely shot the ball really well when he was at St. John's, and I believe he can be that kind of 3 and D type of, of player down the line. But he has grown into a real comfortable uh, player who can do some things with the ball in his hands. And the scoring outbursts we saw from him in college – have me really intrigued kind of what he's going to continue to evolve into. Okay. We're going, we're going youth here, Sam. This for me is keeping costs low and trying to get as many young players who I know I like as, as humanly possible early on. Yeah. And honestly, I think that I might take one that I think that you like next Uh-oh. and talk contract with him. Uh, I I would like to open up. uh, I need I need you to take over as Shuma Okiki's agent for a moment, please. Interesting. Yes, sir. Okay. Shuma. So Shuma Okiki is coming off of a disastrous season, frankly. Four point seven points, three point six rebounds in twenty seven games played. Uh, Continually gets hurt, unfortunately, but. Had a really great year in 2021-22, I thought. Showcased some of the defensive versatility. Uh, nine points, five rebounds, nearly two assists, 1.4 steals. I thought was really an effective player uh, in the minutes that he played 25 a night for the Orlando Magic. And I thought was even okay as a rookie. The problem is the shooting just hasn't come around and he hasn't really gotten a chance yet to uh, showcase that. I would be willing for Okiki to go with the four-year, $28 million deal that Nasir Little signed uh, with Portland as a comp. Yeah, I'm, sign- I'm signing that if I'm Juma and his agent. I'm absolutely okay. signing that. No outs at all four years straight. I would like a team option on the fourth. So you're getting 20. I'll, I'll even... I'll even uh, go flat and and just go flat seven per year instead of escalating it. So it's just a $7 million team option on the end of it. So I'm looking at the free agency signings from this year and guys who signed for just below 7 million, obviously some veterans, Derek Rose and Eric Gordon, but AJ Green, Josh Okogie, 
Damian Lee, Tory Craig. Those, those are all minimum and, and guys. Those are all minimum. Those are all minimum guys. So for me, seven seven million a year is slightly above the minimum now, and probably closer to what the minimum will be then. Nah, I mean, sort of. Yeah, I mean, it's somewhat. It's above the minimum for it's sure. Above. It's, it's above. It, it's probably right around what the mini mid level will be then. Yeah, I'm taking it if I'm Chuma and his agent. Okay, so yeah. I will take Chuma Okiki then. Okay, and I will go four years, twenty eight million team option on the end of that deal, okay. and I'll, I will take my flyer on an athletic six foot seven guy with super long arms who has showcased real defensive ability throughout the course of his career. Um, and as long as the shot comes and he stays healthy, I think he's definitely a rotation player in the NBA. You like Chuma, don't I'm like not crazy. They're thinking you really like Chuma, right? I'm actually not a Chuma guy. Interesting. Why did yeah. I think you liked him? I don't know, but uh, yeah, I, I prefer those wings who can really shoot. I'm more of a shooting over like stout multi-positional defense guy when it push comes to shove. So I included in here and particularly in the note section, the, uh, the four-year 28 million contract that you agreed to. Mm-hmm. We're going to leave it off the books for now. Because he's a restricted free agent and you have bird rights, you don't have to ink that in until after you come to negotiation with some other unrestricted free agents. So I want to make sure that that's reflected in the total cap sheet there, that uh, he doesn't count against the books just yet. Yeah, but what is his qualifying offer? We might we might want that. Yeah, that's, that's true. We might want the qualifying offer. I'm not qualified to find that right now. His qualifying offer is slated around 15. So I want to lock that in now. Uh, okay. It's seven. All right. So there it is. Seven for Chuma Okiki from Sam Vicini and the mediocre Sonics. Yeah. You know, what can you do? What can you do? Okay. All right. I'm up. You're up. I'm up number four. So I'm going to ask you to do the same type of negotiation here. Beautiful. Um, for a restricted free agent who is coming off of a season where he actually averaged 10 points. And Adam's gone. I hung up on Adam. That was ridiculous. Adam should be coming back here momentarily uh, as we're waiting. You can see the teams. Adam is now back in the stream. Here we go. We're back. Note to self, don't open too many tabs while drafting. Okay, here we go. All right. Please negotiate with me over a man who averaged 10 a game and uh, is a very good shooter shot. Started 60 games last year. Aaron Neesmith. Let's enter some contract negotiations. Okay. So Aaron Neesmith, like you said, started 60 games for the Indiana Pacers last year. Averaged 10 points per game. Shot 37% from three. Four rebounds. 25 points or 25 minutes per game. 
I probably want, if I'm his agent, 11 or 12, I would say, per okay. year. So that puts him in I'm the same say, vein as Kobe White, Dante DiVincenzo, Matisse Thibel. Kobe White, Dante DiVincenzo, Matisse Thibel, yeah. Sounds right. Yeah. I'm going to want a little bit more than that. Matisse was out of the rotation for the Sixers. Kobe, I've probably proven more than Kobe has at this point. So I'm going to want, you know, basically four years, 50 million, I think, for Aaron Naismith is what I'm going to ask for. Four years, 50 million. So that's average of 12 and a half. And you can negotiate back on this. Yeah, I think I would probably rather go three years with slightly more money, to be honest with you. Okay. I'd, I'd rather go three years, 40 million. Yeah, I take that if I'm Aaron Naismith. Take that one. Um, you want you want to sign Aaron Naismith for three forty? Then I'm going to do that. I that love. Is... I would love to. And yeah. what I what I get with that is a good floor, floor spacing spacer. and shooting. Floor spacing yep. and shooting to have around any other younger projects that I go after around whatever potential free agents I sign. I'm very happy in getting just solid wing shooters who I know can play in this league. And you're going to want to lock that in at that number because his uh, qualifying offer is 16. So I'm going to take first year is about 13 million. Yep. So Sam, you are back on the clock. Okay, and you have taken the Pacers off the board. I have taken the Indiana Pacers off the board. Okay, so let's cross them out, and then we'll cross the Magic out as well. Okay, next up. Let's see here. Who else is interesting to me? It thins out pretty quickly, doesn't it? So you would do a protected first for Nurkic. Top 20 protected. Can we get it to... So the protections here are going to be important. So they still owe the Bulls this pick probably not going to transfer this year so we're getting out to 2027 already Mm -hmm. yeah if if we're talking 27 i don't Hmm. so i would want to take on nurkic's money i would want their next available first i would want it top 16 protected and I would want it to extend out for two, three years. I would say three years. I I would not do that. I I wouldn't want two. No, I don't think so. I'd, I'd go, I'd go one, take it or leave it in that regard. And then I'd end up with two seconds is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. Not worth it yet. That's actually something I will consider down the road though. Okay. 
Okay. Really does thin out very, very quickly. It does. It does. And that's that's why I wanted to go after my priority restricted free agent in Neesmith right there. Yeah. No, I think it's smart. I think it was a smart move. Uh, who am I? Is there anybody I'm missing here that I'm thinking, hmm, this is somebody that I really need. Somebody that I am really, really interested and intrigued in taking a flyer on. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it thins out rather quick. Thins out quickly. In this case, I think I am. Just going to take. <laughs> it does get hard. It does. I'm going to take Jose Alvarado. Okay. All right. I like that for you. Yeah. Why do you like Jose here? Good defender, good play, like good overall team player that I really believe in as at the very least a backup point guard. I think somebody eventually would probably be pretty happy to acquire Jose Alvarado in a trade if necessary. Um, you know, he's shown that he's capable of coming in and starting games occasionally. Uh, Average nine points, three assists in 21 games last year. Effective, smart decision maker. Can at least knock down somewhere between, you know, 33 and 35% of his shots from distance, I think. Just a smart overall team player that I really uh, am happy to acquire. Okay. Yeah. I, I have nothing against Alvarado. I find your roster construction of Sexton and Alvarado to be n- not bad by any means, but I think it's fascinating you're going with a couple guards this early. Oh, I'm just taking players, honestly. I, like, I, I'm sort of thinking about roster construction, yeah. but like, I'm, I'm going to make moves around this as it is. So. Sure. Oh, no doubt about it. This, I mean, the the way I see things here, you've got two picks in the draft. You've got however much free agency you're going to be able to squeeze out, a couple trades that yeah. you can make after. Like you're looking for five to seven guys that you're going to have on your roster and flexible contracts to make the rest work and or flyers that you want to take on maybe some restricted guys who you can sign to a like a two-way contract later on in this thing. No question. So I am going to continue to go down the intriguing kind of younger player route. And I am going to snag Julian Phillips from the Chicago Bulls. Cool. Yep. He was somewhere kind of closing in for me. Yeah. Why why did you take Julian Phillips? So I want to have a, a stable of young wings that I can continue to kind of develop here because if I've got, a team and let's just be very honest here we don't have a lot of delusions of trying to compete for an nba championship in the first year or two that we're going to be around the cap restrictions that are placed on us as we ramp up kind of make that really hard to happen so what i would like to do is continue to take as many bites at the apple as i can at young players who i'm interested in and i've been interested in in their pre-draft area and if two of them stick i think that that makes this expansion draft pretty valuable for us Champagny, uh, Phillips, and Garuba are three of the first on that board. 
I've got a, a veteran turning into a veteran wing now in Neesmith, who I, I really like as a three-point shooter, and a guy in Porter to kind of stabilize the offense early on while serving as a, a versatile contract. Like for me, I, I really like where we're at. Okay. Um, I'm going to take Colby Jones next. I had a first round grade on Colby Jones. Knew it. Uh, I knew it. 27th overall, if I remember correctly, something like that. Uh, Colby, just a guy that I think is going to be able to step in, be a solid defender, knock down shots and uh, make good decisions and be physical as a six foot five, six foot six guard. I think he's a rotation player. I don't think he's a star. Maybe you could convince me long-term a fifth starter if things really broke right for him, but just went 30, 34th in this past draft, right? And yeah, I think Colby is just a really, really sharp, smart, intuitive player. Yeah, uh, I had a feeling you were going to do that there. And, you know, in looking back at the Kings and their roster, like I liked Colby. But I couldn't be dead set that he was the best option available. I like his contract and that he's a, a rookie. Yep. Uh, but man, do I like Nemias Kada. I, I like Keon Ellis in a lot of different ways. Yep. I think both of those guys are legit NBA players. I just wasn't ready to pull the trigger on Colby in comparison to those other two yet. I wanted a little more time to, to bide through that process. But I'm, I'm glad you get reunited with your man, Colby Jones. I do like Colby Jones quite a bit. You're up, Adam. You are up at number six uh, for your picks. Yeah, I am. I am up again here. Uh, I am scanning the board a little bit and just trying to make sure that I don't want to enter in any free agency conversations with you at this point in time. I don't think I do. I think I'm going to double down again on wings and young role players who are on cheap contracts. And quite frankly, I'm going to go with a guy who I think has already proven he can play in the NBA. I'm going to go Sam Hauser, the Boston Celtics. Okay. Give me, give me some takes on Sam Hauser. Yeah. One year left on his contract here. So, uh, you know, we may have to end up paying a little bit more for him a year from now, but he's played two years in the league and shot above 40% from three each season. I do think this is going to be a pivotal year for him in Boston where he gets a little bit more playing time and his floor spacing shows increasing value. But as he can show he stays on the floor uh, in an NBA setting, I think those are hard guys to find in an expansion draft at pick number six or really pick number 12 if you consider both of us here. So uh, I think what Hauser has put together just as a, a shooting specialist, we're stocking up on those guys. We've got him and Neesmith. Champagny can shoot it. I have hopes for Julian Phillips long-term. I like the wing depth that we're assembling on young guys here, Sam. Okay, so with Cleveland here. Uh-oh. What would you give me to take Ricky Rubio or Dean Wade instead of taking one of their younger guys? It's because if, if they take... Rubio or Wade, the Cavs will have a full mid-level exception available next year. Whereas if they don't, they're only about 10 million or so. And after uh, their draft pick, they would be uh, quite close. And I believe they do have their pick next year, actually. So is there any way I could convince you to give me some pick value for the Cavs to give some pick value for me to take one of Wade or Rubio 
What does the Cavs treasure trove of future assets look like, particularly with second rounders? Because I don't I don't think this is a consequential number enough at this point in time for me to want to consider giving away any first rounders. Okay. Um, they have three seconds incoming. They owe their 2024 second to someone. Uh, it's one of those like very complicated picks. And then they have out all of, they, they really can't trade a first. They have all, yeah. all of 2025 out, 2027 and 2029 out. And then they have um, swaps, I believe, out as well in some capacity. I think twenty-eight and twenty-six okay. are swaps. Okay. So the, it, it'd be a it'd be like seconds. Yeah, and the have. incoming seconds that we have, who are they from? Uh, Milwaukee, Denver, and Golden State. You can have your pick of one of them if you take Rubio. Uh, I would like two to take. I would like two to take Dean Wade. No. You can have one to take Rubio. Okay, then I'll pass. Because I look, I, I have them having their mid levels super valuable next year, Adam. It is. It, I, I'm not saying it isn't, but what are the chances that Rubio's contract kind of disappears on its own? You're saying he could retire, maybe. Yeah, that never. That's never going to happen. He's not going to pass up six million next year for nothing. Do I have to give up a second or could I wait and trade him into space elsewhere and not, well, I'd probably give up the same thing then. Yeah. Would you do two seconds for Rubio instead of Wade? Golden State and Denver. And you take Rubio. I would like one of your seconds and any of those that are owed in, and I will take Rubio. Okay. Would you do a – I don't have the sheet in front of me or else my browser is going to freaking crash again. Uh, would you take like a 27 or 28 second from Cleveland and this year's Denver? I would do a 27 and uh, – the tw- so it would be two 27s. So the Denver pick is 27. Yep. I would like – Cleveland's 25 second and the 27 from Denver. What year is the Golden State second, Sam? It is uh, 24. It's this year. Okay. I will give you the 24 and my 20. It's it's a fake second. Sorry. It's a, I'm not taking that one. It's a, that one is, um, yeah, no, it's yeah. like a fake second. We'll, we'll just, we'll get this deal done, Sam. I'm not going to hinder you from, uh, Moving getting, forward. For moving okay. forward here with Ricky Rubio. So I'm going to take Rubio and I'm going to get two seconds. You'll get Ricky two Rubio. somewhat meaningful potential seconds. Yeah. Okay. Additional assets. Two seconds from CLE. I'll block out the Cavaliers. 2025 CLE second, 2027 Denver second. Okay. So it, are we at the point, Sam, where you are viewing potential draft picks as being more valuable than a lot of the players who are on the board and just searching for situations uh, yeah. where you can take advantage of that? Uh, no, totally. It's a little bit, but like I'm also like considering how much cap space I have left. Like I still have, 
you know, something like 50 million available in the books. So there are a few players that I still want to target for sure. And like have interest in, but there are a few players that we're closing in on that point though. I would say yeah. we're closing in. Yeah. It seems like that, that time is getting close. So I, you know, if I'm Cleveland and, and I'm sitting in the front office here, Kobe Altman, I'm feeling pretty good that uh, I was able to actually keep Dean Wade. I don't, you know, I would like to see them play Dean Wade before I feel <laughs> like they, uh, yeah. they have any thoughts on that. <laughs> sure. sure. But I, I would, I would much rather have him uh, than I would for, for Ricky Rubio. So I'm, I'm glad that uh, I was able to entice you to take Rubio. Yeah. That feels, it feels like a win all, all across the board there for me. Beautiful. You are up with your seventh pick, Adam. I am, and I'm actually going to do something that you probably don't like very much, but I'm going to knock Portland off the board, and it's going to take away your ability to ever trade for Yusuf Nurkic. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I am going to go uh, with Mr. Jabari Walker. Yeah, good player. I like yeah. Jabari. Yep, again, guys who are NBA-ish players and kind of belong in the league in some regard. I think he's already proven that. I love his motor, his hustle, his effort. I don't have delusions this far down of finding top four or five guys. Like maybe there's one out there that I can can find to plug into that. I want the best chances of guys who will turn into role players in two to three years when I hope to be a very good team. I think Jabari Walker is that guy. Yep. I think that's totally reasonable. Uh, My pick is going to be similar in that capacity because I'm going to speed up here after that long negotiation. I am going to go Bryce McGowan's from Charlotte. Ooh, all right. I got you here. I like if you Bryce. look at Bryce, if you look at Bryce McGowan's over the last, you know, 11 games of the season last year for Charlotte, averaged 11 points, 3 rebounds, 2 and a half assists, shot 45 from the field, 33 from 3, 75 from the line. Bigger Guy with guard skills, I thought he played a real role and played reasonably well defensively at times for Charlotte late in the year as well. I think he has potential to be a good, you know, sixth or seventh man. And I'm honestly, I'm pretty happy to end up with Bryce McGowan's at this point in the draft. I like that. Yeah, I, I certainly. I, I love McGowan's. Uh, I, I was a huge fan of his a year ago. I, you know, I, I think. There is opportunity to take him. I keep going the wing heavy route here, but I certainly understand that one. Yep. Okay. You are up. Yeah. Back here. And this, oof, this is going to be a tough one for me. Um, which direction do I want to go? I could take a flyer on another interesting young player who's only got one year left on his contract. Do I see anybody else out here? is really worth taking. You know, I'm going to bite the bullet and I'm going to go Patrick Baldwin Jr. Okay. Yeah, he was one that I was looking at for a little while now. Why did you take Pat Baldwin Jr. here? The upside. Uh, You know, this is... A guy who can come in and the best version of himself as a, a really good stretch three-point shooter um, who has legit positional size can be in a 
an NBA and even a playoff rotation someday. There's plenty of things that he has to clean up to get to that point. But this is to me an informed bet on a young player who has showcased upside before and with health and stability around him for a couple of years in the NBA, I'm hoping he returns to that type of form while also thinking I'm not going to have to pay that much money on his next contract in order to keep him. I got one year with him to try things out and then we'll see where it goes. Okay. Okay. Given myself a lot of optionality on wing shooters here, where if three of them hit, then hopefully I become a really attractive destination for some veterans to try to come to and say, you know what? I can play with the ball in my hands and Spinella has constructed a team here in Las Vegas that can really knock down open shots, compete and have these toolsy role player wings that are going to help us, whether it's Neesmith, Hauser, uh, Champagny, Walker, Phillips, Baldwin. There are a lot of options for us. If two of those six hit, that's a really good bench rotation and maybe potentially a starter to, to have on a, a team as we move forward. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't mind that. I, I like what you've done so far. Uh, it, I think it all lines up. You take Naismith, you take uh, Jabari Walker, hoping that his energy and athleticism can be valuable. You obviously have Champagny and you have Sam Hauser, who's going to shoot it. And, you know, it, it, it's an interesting construction. I, I think that trying to convince good players to come there and trying to actualize your draft pick is essentially what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, trying to make your life, your life easier for your draft pick that you're going to bring in. Which is no doubt, no doubt about it, and and not just that, but for free agency. Like I'm looking at my uh, cap sheet right now, and I've got 45 million dollars remaining with only four picks left in the expansion draft. I don't have to use yep. all of that money if I want to try to convince somebody to, you know, one of these these marquee free agents this year to try to come to Las Vegas and give him maybe a little bit more than what anybody else can give. We got him. We got Kevin Porter. Got a bunch of shooters around you. A young draft pick that we'll take here in 2024. Like we we could be an intriguing destination sooner rather than later. Okay. So let's see here. Let's see here. <laughs> I'm trying to trying to do some quick math here. Okay. <laughs> okay. Trying to decide if I think Dante Exum is like an actual real NBA player. Dallas is such a fascinating team in this exercise. Yeah, I think there's like a very real case that Dante is coming off of his play for uh, Partizan the past uh, year and then playing for Barca before that. I thought he was really actually particularly good with Partizan this year. The question is, would I rather have Dante or would I rather have like picks, basically? Yeah. Uh... And you, you, you're pretty clear you'd rather have Exum than Dwight Powell. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Okay. Uh, 
I need you to put your agency hat on again. Okay, here we go. Let me... If I was to select James Wiseman here, <laughs> what would you be asking for? <laughs> Can I quit? You're gonna get you're gonna get a wide open opportunity. I do not have a center on this roster yet. You you don't. Um, so let me ask you this, Sam. How I am viewing this as a potential rehabilitation landing spot. Yep. For my clients. And I'm thinking I I could be convinced to go shorter contract, but a lot of money right out of the gates if that were something we wanted to to look at. I mean, what's a lot of money? I don't right. That's that's what I gotta figure out here. So Looking at last year's free agent class, what's the mid level this year? It's like twelve. I'll ask for thirteen. Okay, I'm not. I'm not in that ballpark. One year, thirteen <laughs> to give me a shot. Oh well, he, he oh. could just sign the qualifying offer then. Um, or well, he's a he's unrestricted immediately. Right, if I take him. That's right. Um. And I'm ask, I'm aiming high here, Sam. Like, there's room for negotiation, but I mean, like, I would do, I'd do four thirty-two with a team option on the last. Yeah, see, I, I feel like I can't lock him in with a team option for a fourth year either, because that's if 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 you really believe in my client, yeah, then I don't. you you know. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Negotiation over. <laughs> uh, okay. In, in this case, I will take. I, I'm going to take just Trace Jackson Davis then. All right. Yep. Yeah. We're just gonna we're just gonna call it there. I had a top forty grade on Trace Jackson Davis. I feel good uh, about just ending up with him on a cheap deal. He can play center. I think he's. Better than Usman Garuba. Like, I'll, I'll oh. take him. Ooh, better than Usman. I am uh, pretending right. I didn't hear that. Adam, you have to take, because my you have to take someone, my headphones just died, so I have to go grab my other headphones. All right. So we'll talk into this and figure it all out. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll scan the board here and try to figure out who's available. So I'll give a quick reset for everybody. Uh, I have four picks remaining, and Sam has three. The teams that we can select from are the Brooklyn Nets, New York Knicks, Philadelphia 76ers, Toronto Raptors, Miami Heat, Milwaukee Bucks, Detroit Pistons. In the East and the West, we can select from Dallas, Denver, Minnesota, the Lakers, Clippers, or Phoenix. So we're kind of bound by those teams which are still available. I don't really know what direction to go here. I'd like another big man as well for depth purposes. Um, I'm going to ask the negotiation question with you here, Sam, on Deuce McBride. Okay. What are you you seeking for your client this offseason? Oh, what are you willing to offer? Let's start there. I am looking at – I hate how you do that, by the way. You're good. Uh, hey, you're, you're, you're you can, good. You're you can good, pitch it back. 
You're a good negotiator. You yeah, you're a good negotiator. Um, so based on kind of what he has earned at this point, I would think two years, 10 million seems very fair to me. I would do that for Deuce, for sure. Yeah. All right. Beautiful. We'll so go five, Deuce McBride. Five million annual. I'm going to take Deuce McBride. Okay. There you go. And there's a little defensive intensity and uh, identity evolving in my backcourt. I happen to quite like Bruce. There, Deuce. Yeah, I do too. I had a late first round on him as well. And and I think it's a, I really like the energy and activity he brought to the Knicks at times last year. I think it's a smart move. Thank you. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm a fan of his. Again, for two years here, I think that that gives us enough time to, kind of use our cap space uh, while we have it and not be tied into anything too, too much longer and feel good about it. Okay. Um, so there's, I'm assuming that there is no way that you will give me assets to take Bagley, right? No, no, no. In fact, I'm looking at the board here and I mean, other than Ben Simmons, who I think the ship probably has sailed from a cap space standpoint, I don't think there's anybody I'd really give an asset for. Maybe Hardaway, but. Yeah, I was going to ask about Hardaway next. Yeah, I just, I don't think so. It's a one year. We can stomach it. I know we need to retain Josh Green, but I think we can trim elsewhere. Yeah, but then you're going to get into repeater stuff because then you're going to have to pay other guys moving forward as well. And I don't think you want to get into repeater stuff. I just don't know how much of an asset to give in this situation from Dallas. Would you do for me to take Hardaway? Would you do – man, they really have moved out all of their own seconds, basically. Yeah. like They're, they're so depleted from the Kyrie trade and, and other deals that it's just – They've literally moved out all of their own seconds, it looks like. They only have a second from Toronto and a second from Miami available. Uh, I think I would want both of those. To do that. And that leaves me for Dallas as literally no draft picks between now and what, 2028? Uh, you would have a bunch uh, this year, if I remember correctly, sure. right? Because yeah. they have. But we can't, we're not trading 24s in this exercise. We're not trading 24s, no. Um, but Dallas, in theory, has New York's pick this year. They have their own pick, I think. Um, and they have what? What else? Do they have their own pick? I think they have their own pick, right? I don't remember. I can't keep track of the years. I just I assume that no, Dallas no, 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 no. It's it's the other way. Dallas is going to New York because that New yeah. York has three picks. Dallas does not have any picks this year. Yeah. So no, 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 no. no. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not comfortable giving up my two second round picks when I have nothing else in general. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't be comfortable doing that. 
Okay, and you're not doing it for Bagley, and Simmons is the only one that you would be willing to. And for Simmons, it would be I mean, look, I mean we can we can revisit the Simmons conversation now. Sure. Like do do I have the salary cap space to take on Simmons? Barely. Because I have I would take Simmons and then I would have seven left basically for two spots. So I do. I have enough spot, I have enough space to take Simmons. Uh you also have enough space to take Simmons. Barely. Okay. I, I do not actually. I am just over that line. I believe I only have forty point one remaining. And you have forty two point three. Then I don't have enough space to take Simmons. Yeah. If I have forty two. You've got forty two so, yeah. left. Yeah. Okay. So Simmons is out. Okay. Um I'm not gonna take Ben in that case. Smart. I probably did not manage my space well enough in this exercise, to be honest. Yeah. I'm looking at that too. Like there might've been an opportunity earlier to do that, but eh. who, who would I have shorted on my side? Like I like the border signing and I, I like Neesmith. So everything else is under five mil. Okay. And then who else I'm trying to decide, like, do I want to take the flyer on Killian Hayes right now? Yeah, probably. I mean, put on your agency hat, like (laughs) Killian Hayes, I would do, you know, four, I do three for three for 28 with a team option on the third year. Yeah. I'm in for that. If I'm Killian, I think so. I think that's a, okay. So you get basically two eighteen guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah, that makes yes. sense to me. So Kevin is asking in the comments how Colin Sexton was available for Utah. You protect eight players. Uh, Adam protected Markinen, John Collins, Keontae George, Walker Kessler, Taylor Hendricks, Oshai Baji, Bryce Sensabaugh, Jordan Clarkson. I guess that there's like a conversation on John Collins or Colin Sexton on who you protect. But I think it's one that could go either way. Um in terms of what you would end up doing. Yeah. And a lot of these are, are splitting hairs or, you know, they'll be changed as kind of the year moves forward. Yeah. And we just got to make the best estimation we can at this point in time, or just kind of come to a decision. So we yeah. did two twenty eight guaranteed with a third year option of three, three twenty eight. So essentially yeah. two, a two eighteen guaranteed. Okay. Killian has. So we'll just put, We'll go average and a half. Yeah. Yeah. 9.2 or something. 9.2 in there. And I got three picks left, 40 million in space. Detroit Pistons are off the board. Um, I'll just, I know we've had this conversation already, but I'll ask you, would you do something differently and actually offer both second round picks for me to take Tim Hardaway? Is that something if you were Dallas, you would consider? The fact that they only have two does make it fairly complicated because then you just like do not have any touch rights in terms of trades. Like it actually becomes extremely, extremely complicated for them to make any moves. I would personally rather just be over the tax by retaining Josh Green at that point. I think so too. So, okay. 
right. whether or not I think like Mark Cuban would think that way. I don't know, but as the person making the decision, I will, I will say no to that and we'll, we'll knock off the Hardaway option now. Yeah, I, I think, I think I agree with that. All right. So then I am going to go, uh, I'll go with shake Milton. Okay, cool. Yeah. One year, 5 million, but it's a non-guaranteed deal. And at this point, that's something that I find somewhat valuable it is a player who can be in my rotation if I need him to be, but I have additional cap flexibility moving into the summer. If that's something I determine is best. Yep. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go Hunter Tyson next for sure. Yep. yep. Uh, all summer league team this year. I'm a little bit surprised he lasted as long as he did. Uh, Hunter Tyson is quite good. And, you know, for a similar, like I would rather have Hunter Tyson than Sam Hauser, I guess really? is where I'm at. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I go yeah, the well, proven route with, uh, with, with Hauser. He's proven he can do it in the league already. Yeah, no, I get it. But I, I think that Hunter is a little bit more athletic. I think he has a better chance to defend. Um, yeah, that's where I would go. Okay. Fair enough. Pick number 11 for the flush. And boy, are we getting into the the weeds here. Um, oh, totally. So I'm going to throw out a player to you here, Mr. Agent, and yep. just ask if he would take a two-way contract if we were to offer it to him. Ron Harper uh, Jr. Ooh. If I wanted to poach Ron Harper Jr. away and said, we will give you a two-way contract for next season, would uh, you do yeah. that instead of entering free agency as his agent? I, hmm. I would because you'd be, you know, obviously this team would give you a better chance to play in theory and like earn a spot, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you're Ron Harper, you would hope that you can beat out, you know, Julian Champagny and Julian Phillips and honest and Sam Hauser. And honestly, there's probably enough space. Yeah, I would do that. So Ron Harper is a two way. Beautiful. I love that. I loved Harper coming out of Rutgers. I like his versatility. I like his physicality and his length. Uh, it's just another one of those wing upside bets that I'm willing to make here. If he sticks and he beats out any of the guys that I've drafted ahead of him, like that is a win for me. That's not a loss. This That's a, an unequivocal win. It is. Okay. So how many teams left? So we've got, we've got eight teams, eight NBA teams left. Our final pick for each of us. Okay. I'm going to go to Dallas and I think I am just going to take Exum and yeah. take the chance that he is a real NBA player. So for people who don't know, Dante Exum this year was one of the best players, uh, you know, in EuroLeague for swaths of the season. Uh, wasn't a hundred percent consistent, but you know, a guy that shot 52% from the field, 39% from three and you know, 86% from the line while averaging 13 points in 23 minutes a game as a really, really good player uh, for Partizan in EuroLeague. And Partizan was an awesome team in EuroLeague this year. Uh, you know, one of the four or five best teams. And 
you know, I'll I'll take a shot on it, I guess. You know, I'll take a shot on him staying healthy. I'll take a shot on him being able to be effective. You know, you just look at the numbers. 13 points a game was top 20 in scoring uh, in EuroLeague and among teams that were like really good. It was in the top 10 in scoring. So, yeah, I'll uh, I'll take I'll take Exum and see what comes of him basically in the hopes that basically in the hopes that he becomes a real NBA player. Sure. I totally, totally get that at this point. And he's, he was really good last season from what I was, I haven't watched a ton, but what I did see pretty impressive player. Okay. You are up now, Adam last pick, the last pick. I'm going to ask you to put your agency hat back on Sam. Okay. If I were to just offer you a one year contract for, whatever the going rate minimum is, because I'm not a, a cap guru expert for a younger player like Trendon Watford, would you take it as his agent? I would want for Trendon Watford. I would want a, yeah. I mean, if you're just doing like a I'll go, one year minimum, it would be like a one, one plus one um, with the second year completely unguaranteed. And it's only two years. It's not three. It's not three. It's two with the second year as a zero dollars guaranteed. Yeah, I would do that if yes. I was Trendon's agent. So I yeah. am. I am grabbing Trendon Watford then with my last pick. And what is the number exactly for a minimum for next year? What would you? Uh, it's going to be under two. I would venture just yeah. like ballpark it at two. Or park it at two. Wonderful. And that completes our rosters, our 12 men. Okay. So as people can see here, this is what we've got. I ended up with Jalen Johnson, Jake LaRavia, Colin Sexton, Chuma Okiki, Jose Alvarado, Colby Jones, Ricky Rubio, Bryce McGowans, Trace Jackson Davis, Killian Hayes, Hunter Tyson, Dante Exum. And then I also got two seconds from Cleveland to take Ricky Rubio. The Las Vegas flush ended up with Usman Gruba, Kevin Porter Jr., Julian Champagny, Aaron Naismith, Julian Phillips, Sam Hauser, Jabari Walker, Pat Baldwin, Deuce McBride, Shake Milton, Ron Harper Jr., Trenton Watford. Honestly, these teams are somewhat dire looking at them, <laughs> like league-wide. Yeah. And – it makes me think that the NBA will adjust the rules slightly on stuff like this. Yeah. Yep. I think so. I think doing this exercise means yes, we include those with player options. And uh, if not, maybe even drop it down. I, I don't know if I'd drop it down to seven protections. I think that might be a little much. I think I would really. Yeah. So like you would add Jordan Walsh, what probably, you know, Sadiq Bay, JT Thor, one of the Knicks guys, the Knicks would get Oof. hit with this. Yeah. Uh, you'd add like Christian Coloco, Ryan Rollins, Caleb Houston, Drew Smith, AJ Green, Isaiah Jackson. Isaiah Livers, the Pistons would actually weirdly yeah. get hit with this as well. Yeah, they would. Uh, the Cavs would potentially get hit with this with a Coro. But, like, even at seven, 
you're not like the the Mavs would get hit because they'd have to give up probably Jaden Hardy, I would think. Uh, My first pick. Or or Maxi, maybe. Maxi Kleba. Uh, The Rockets would definitely get hit. (laughs) Because they'd have to give up like something of value. Like that would actually be the one. Like whoever whoever it'd be yeah. for Houston would be the number one overall pick, probably. Um, if if not Oklahoma City, because they're button up against it well, too. Oklahoma City would just give up Jalen Williams at that point. Uh, you know, the Pelicans would probably unprotect Larry Nance. Yeah, I mean, the, the teams aren't that. They would do. I think they would do seven. I think is okay. where I'm at. The Warriors would give up Chris Paul's contract as of right now. I think they yeah. would do seven. Okay. In this, looking yeah. through it. I can understand that. And and you are left with about, what, 27, 28 million going into free agency? I'm left with something like that, yeah. I'm left with 27 million in free agency where I'm trying to find a center. And I think that I can probably do that. Um, looking at the free agents available in 2024, at the center position, I have – I can try and overpay for Onyeka in restricted free agency. I can try and sign Zach Collins, uh, who's an unrestricted free agent. That would probably be what I'd try and do, to be honest. Okay. Uh, Valanciunas is available. Nick Claxton is available. The, the center position is like the one where I feel like I can probably slightly overpay uh, just a little bit and get like a pretty solid option there. It was the, knowing that I felt like I could get a center in free agency was one of my strategies going into this. Yeah. Yeah. I'd thought about that as well. That's the easiest position to replace. I really like and would target Isaiah Hartenstein from the Knicks. That'd, yeah. be, a, that'd be a guy who I would definitely want to slide into this rotation, give him 2 million and or sorry, two years, a, a bunch of money, and see if he can recreate some of the high post flashes of, of passing that he had with the Clippers. Yeah, I love it. I think that's a really, really smart plan and a really good idea. Uh, I would probably, I think I would go more vet. I, I, I think Collins is the one I would target. Uh, okay. I think I would want Zach Collins. Um, and then other free agents that I would target, uh, you know, I'm assuming it cost like, you know, 14, 15 to get Collins. And I'd probably try and look for another just mid tier solid, you know, free agent that I felt like could be a, I don't know, a creator. ish. Yeah. I probably need one more creator, I would say. So I'd probably want a creator. So how far away from the max spots are we here to offer in free agency with our cast? pretty, pretty far. We're pretty far, um, pretty far. So I'm because I I am still struggling to mentally adjust to what players are worth coming into that into next summer and how much money they're going to command on that free agent market. Yeah. So, like, what names are you looking at? Well, I, I don't think I would have success because he's a restricted free agent. But like, I am obsessed with Devin Vassell, and like, I would do anything to try to get Devin Vassell here. Yeah. yeah. I think I don't think I have enough money for him. And I think San Antonio, no, I think San Antonio would probably match close to anything. Um, you know, I, I see a, a world where I would go after a, uh, you know, a guy like Gary Trent Jr. and try to add a little bit more shooting yep. to my roster and just have him as a spot starter and think I can snag him away for a year or two. Uh, you know, I look at the ability to maybe slide 
Kevin Porter to the two. And I wouldn't mind going after Monte Morris and seeing if I can get him away from Detroit. Yep. I think that's a really smart kind of guy to go after. I, I think I probably need a little bit more juice off the bounce than Monte. Uh, I might like even look at someone like Cole Anthony in restricted free agency, like hoping yeah. to, you know, catch a flyer. The guy, the guy would really chases Markel. Markel. Like yeah. I, I would probably, to be honest, I'd probably offer all of my remaining cap space for Markel. Like I'd maybe not all of it. I'd probably offer 25 for Markel and go Markel Colin Sexton. And I'd feel pretty good about where I'm at. Yeah, I would too. I mean, I'd, I'd like Markel, Kevin Porter, Neesmith, you know, one draft pick of the front court that I'm going to take in 2024 and yep. one of Walker and Guruba. I'm all right with that. Yeah. And then obviously we would be placed into the lottery. We would have yep. each a 14% chance to get the number one overall pick. We all both end up around like six, you know, is the worst case. Six or seven is our worst case. Yep. So we'd be looking at something like modest Bazellus, uh, who else? Uh, Justin Edwards. Ethan, Justin Edwards. Ethan Almanza. Um, yep. Ron Holland. Yep. Donovan Klingen, potentially from Connecticut. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of guys. Just guys in that ballpark. Yeah. Uh, Which given I, my- I – And I know you talked about free agency being able to find a center out there. I tried to keep like my bigger fours or my fives somewhat open uh, and yeah. not – kind of fill that space on the roster thinking that that's where the 24 draft is going to be a little bit stronger with a little bit more of those like bigger wings or, or, or even potential bigs in that range. Yeah. Uh, this was hard. I would say this is a more difficult exercise than what I thought it would be, Adam. Yeah, it was. And uh, I'm glad we did it because it now gives us some areas to maybe push back with the league on and suggest that they, uh, take some of these when they're actually making the rules and hopefully another couple of years when we get the flush and the supersonics actually in the NBA. I wouldn't be surprised if they said both player options and seven players protected, I think is where I'm at on it because they will want these teams to be like somewhat successful early on. Like, no, like you're not going to have a situation like, the um uh like the golden knights in no, yeah. las vegas where they just you know freaking yeah, want to stay in the cup yeah. right like that's not going to happen in the nba like there are just too many great players around the league and you're just not going to have access to those guys and one player is so much more valuable than everything else in the nba but i think they will want them to not be disastrous like the hornets were uh and the bobcats were early on yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think that they've probably learned from some of that. And and if they do, that's a good thing. Um, if, if you even go down to protecting six, I wonder. Oof, that's, I think the current owners would be really. I think they'd be furious about that. Cause yeah, that's like, that's, that's like the Celtics giving up Jordan Walsh and Al Horford probably, or Jordan Walsh and probably Brogdon. 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 You just, you're, Um, you're blowing up too many potential title teams. But what I think that would do in that scenario is 
it would open up more of those trade discussions that we were talking about. Like, okay, Boston, we will take Sam Hauser, but you have to give us your first in order to keep Malcolm Brogdon. It's a leverage game. Yeah. I think that is, I think it would be, and plus you're doing a two team draft instead of a one team draft as well. I think there's even a chance they would go down to six. Maybe that's what we'll do next year. Maybe we'll do something like this in a year's time. And we'll do last year. We did eight. this year. We're going to do six and show what the difference is in terms of teams. Okay. And how difficult it would be for that. Because like the Hawks, for instance, would have to unprotect Bogdan and like Sadiq Bay, yeah. right? And Cleveland would have to unprotect like Okoro and Lavert. Yeah. Well, and, and as you get to down closer to six, like the decisions you have to make between protecting a guy who's going to be a restricted free agent and somebody who's on the yeah. books becomes really tricky because what happens if that restricted free agent like just leaves or you don't want to match it or can't match it somewhere else? Right. That's a challenge. And then, like, if you're the Thunder and you have to decide on, okay, do we want to keep Lou Dort and Usman Jeng, or do we want to give up one of these many firsts that we have? It'd yeah. probably be really valuable for that other team, right? So I, I think that there's a pretty good shot. They would go down even to, like, I think there's a case to go down to six in this, for sure. Protecting six players. Wow. Wow to give these teams a shot to like be relatively successful. Yeah. Yeah. So so what, what, what I remember from the Bobcats iteration of this 20 years ago and doing some research is they were able to claim a bunch of guys. And I think they went up to 15 or even 16. And there was an understanding that not all of them were going to be on the roster. In fact, I think only maybe half of them ended up making it to the opening night roster. So totally. Um, you know, there, there might be, it'll probably look a little bit different in reality, just in terms of, you know, not keeping everybody on the books and the space in that regard. I know I took a couple contracts that, uh, there was the shake Milton one that just, you know, non-guaranteed, like I'm at 33 million right now. I can get up to 38 if I need to. Yep. Yep. So, well, and also they took 19 players. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like, you and I took players that we think are valuable and like interesting in some respect. And as well, like there were some, there were some trades here. Like the yeah. Bobcats acquired uh, the second pick in 2004 for the fourth and 33rd picks because they also agreed to select uh, uh, Peja Drobniak. And then the Hor- the Bobcats agreed to select Jahidi White for the Suns for a first round pick, basically. Yep. Right. So I, I think they would go pretty. I think that I think the league would want more of those than what actually happened. Okay. Uh, if you if you look like at the Las Vegas Golden Knights expansion draft, right? They got flurry, which I know was huge. Yes, they did. And it was yeah. incredibly disappointing to some yeah. of us uh, who happen to be wearing Penguins hats, to, right? To some Penguins fans. Yeah. So, like, 
The Sabres traded their sixth round pick for William Carrier. The Panthers traded Riley Smith so that Vegas would take uh, John Marchessault. And John Marchessault has like since become, you know, a absolute like unequivocal first round, first line winger for them. And like it was kind of a mistake for Florida, although Florida has been okay in the end. Uh, and you know, the Penguins in that flurry deal, because the Penguins were up against the cap, they made the the Knights said we'll take a second rounder and take flurry, basically. Yeah. So the Penguins gave up a second to get flurry. Um get flurry off their books. Yeah. So I think the league would want as many of those options as possible uh, at the end of the day. Yeah, which, again, when you're only operating with, in this case, $90 million of cap space, like you probably only got two big contracts you can take in something like this, which is kind of what we ran into quickly. I'd be interested to see if they go from two-thirds of the cap up to like 75 or 80% of the cap as well. Uh, I don't think they would go full cap necessarily. But I do wonder if they would go a little bit higher. Yeah, it's, that, that's also a fair point for flexibility. It's the, when the it happens. It's, the reason I say it's interesting to do that is because the difference in minimum contracts and even like mid-level contracts, higher contracts, is drastically more now yeah. than what it was. Like a mid-level then was probably like six or seven million. It's now thirteen million in right. twenty twenty-four. Right. right. So yeah. and and I'm thinking like when this happens, it's probably going to coincide with TV deals and TV money coming in because that's when NBA owners, the 30 current teams, are going to be more willing to take a smaller slice of the pie is when they know that the pie is growing a lot more. So well, and I feel like I've seen reporting too that the league is going to do the TV deals before they do expansion. Yes. So, yep. Yeah. yeah. But like Which once makes- it makes total sense. So once that kicks in, I think like, like you're saying here, those numbers are going to become even more inflated where when you cut it at a lower percentage, that it makes it a, a real disadvantage to be Seattle or Las Vegas here. Yeah, I think that's right. I yeah. think that is absolutely right. Okay, Adam. Uh, this is what we got. This was fun. I'm glad we did this. It was fun. Thank you for uh, indulging this here. I don't know whether it was your idea or mine that came up with this, but we kind of did it and ran with it in the last week and uh, you know, put together some teams. We'll just shout out Alex Spears. We we'll will. It was Alex's shout idea. <laughs> yes. Alex, the absolute best, by the way. Absolute yeah, best. Alex, Alex is the best. Uh, this is what we've got. Come yell at me and Adam. Tell us uh, – <laughs> which team you think did better, uh, which owner you think did better or worse than the other, um, and tell Adam why it was him. <laughs> and I will, I will throw a poll and our rosters up on my Twitter page if you'd like to vote in that. And, uh, Love it. and if you vote for Sam, you'll be blocked. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. I love it. Uh, okay. Go uh, to Adam's YouTube channel. Go to all of the many places that Adam publishes work over on his Substack and everything. Uh, please give me more of the things that you're doing right now, Adam. Yeah. Um, again, my Twitter handle, the box and one underscore YouTube, Adam Spinell or Substack, the box and one dot Substack.com. Got a piece coming out this week on 
couple under the radar sophomore breakout candidates before really getting into some deep dives on a couple of guys I'm, I'm really expecting to be first round picks in this upcoming year. I just did a huge piece on Cooper flag, both in video form and in written, which are very timely considering his reclassification announcement late last week. And beyond that, I'm just trying to enjoy the remaining days of summer before I go back to school and have to be dressing like this every day. That is true. And you don't get to do it uh, while drafting players either, which is disappointing for you, I am sure. Uh, Go to The Athletic. Keep me employed over there. We will be back uh, later this week, probably a little bit later in the week because we did two podcasts today. Uh, Until next time, we'll talk soon. Bye.